This morning on the third hour of today, ready for takeoff? Airlines gearing up for what could be the busiest Memorial Day weekend in nearly two decades. We're live with what to expect if you're flying or hitting the highway this holiday weekend. Then later, a surprising potential side effect of the popular drug Ozempic beyond weight loss. How do you feel after having that one drink? Uh, the I feel miserable. <laughs> Could it also be used to curb addiction, from alcohol to gambling to shopping, what some experts are saying? Plus, I'm sharing a health journey in my own home, my son Cal's celiac diagnosis. So now that I don't eat gluten, I feel terrific. We'll share his symptoms and the big changes we've had to make. And then, amazing feet. We're revealing the winners of the Women's Health Sneaker Awards, the best shoes for walking, traveling, or just hanging around. That's all ahead today, Wednesday, March 24th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to Stephanie Goss. You'll see her in just a moment. Welcome to the third hour today. I'm Chanel here with Craig and Dylan Al. He's recovering from knee surgery. He's coming but he's, back next week. Yeah, I was going to say, he's more than recovering. He'll, he'll be back soon. Memorial Day. Stretch it into the Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> I feel like, why not? Wouldn't you? Yes. Even if I was running a marathon by then, I'd still be like, yeah. you Big Memorial Day plans? Um, just hanging with the boys, hope to grill, cook, I mean, eat. I mean, that's basically That's going to be your do. life for a couple decades. <laughs> just hanging with the boys. Hanging with the boys. I know, for I me, do. it's going to soccer tournaments. That's um, what you not do. a Memorial Day. Oh, every Memorial Day weekend. It's a huge, as far oh, as the eye can why? see, little kids in uniforms and cleats and moms with strollers and Do the kids want to, like, do they it's get really, excited? You know why? Or? Because you find a hotel with an indoor pool. Oh. Yes. And then you, you just, the, the that's all they yeah. need. Yeah. yeah. And then we have to be like, get out, you have a game in the morning. Yeah, have, have a game in the morning. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, we, we always hit the little parade in our town, oh. but this will be the first time uh, that my little girl will be able to walk in the parade <gasps> because she's a, she's a daisy. That's, what does that mean? She doesn't know because she was a bluebird. So Daisy is no, what most kids You laugh do. at bluebirds. I'm not, la- on I'm national not laughing at the bluebirds. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just had not heard of them before I met you. Every time he clowns me about being I a bluebird, all the bluebirds you. tweet. It, just, it wasn't in oh, the southeast. She's, she's a little Daisy. And, and of course, Lindsay runs mean? like the troop. Do, uh, does a Daisy mom. become a bluebird? No, it becomes no, a brownie. Uh, which becomes a Girl Scout. Girl Scout. So I forgot to give you guys the cookie forms. Anyway. Okay. Speaking of Memorial Day, folks, it is expected to be a huge travel weekend. The pressure is building on the nation's airlines and airports because if you recall, this time last year, yeah. the holiday kicked <laughs> off a summer of travel travel trouble. Mm-hmm. But airlines insist that they are ready for passenger volumes to return to pre-pandemic levels. NBC's Tom Costello is at Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson International Airport for us. So Tom, I mean, this is the busiest airport in the world. So how are things stacking up? How are they getting ready for the weekend's travel rush? Uh, this flight behind me going to the Bahamas. You guys interested? I may not make it back to headquarters. I'm just saying. <laughs> just jump they on they that one. for me right now. Uh, you're right. Busiest airport in the world. Delta Airlines, the dominant carrier here in Atlanta. And Delta says that they are expecting, every airline says, the busiest days will be Thursday, Friday, and Tuesday after Memorial Day. The TSA expecting 10 million people will fly 
over this extended week. Now, listen, here's the deal. Here's why this matters, because this is kind of the kickoff to the summer travel season. And last year was a real problem for summer travel. By the way, not with Delta Airlines. It was other airlines that really struggled. They didn't have the pilots. They didn't have the crews. They overpromised on their schedules. They underdelivered. So we had a lot of people who missed their flights. 20% of flights last summer delayed. Mountains of misdirected luggage. This year, every airline says they've upped their game, they've staffed up, they are ready, uh, and they do expect it's going to be a very busy and full summer if you're flying this summer. That's fair. Well, although air travel is always in focus, most Americans will actually drive to their destination. Let's talk about gas prices for a moment. Yep. 37 million of us hitting the roads. Uh, You'll have a lot of company, but you're going to be paying less than you did last year on the road. So right now, we're averaging... 356 a gallon for unleaded a year ago 460 so we've come down quite a bit and by the way then last june we were five bucks a gallon so we're considerably lower than we were last memorial day and last june and we're going to have a lot of people on the roads and the best times to leave so they say will be or the let's reverse that the worst times to leave (laughs) will be thursday and friday afternoons you're going to have a lot of company on the roads and then monday in the afternoons because everybody's rushing to get back from the beach or the mountains or wherever you're going that's true it makes sense thank Mm -hmm. you tom you know you're a grown-up when you say yay to gas prices i know (laughs) but it's still i'm saying yay to 350 a gallon i mean that's not a yay two things can be true exactly Exactly. The goalposts have, have moved considerably. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Tom. Tom. Um, we now turn to a, a really big story this morning, this uh, surprising side effect potentially of popular drugs like Ozempic and Wagovi. Some users are now saying that the medications are helping them combat other Non-food-related addictions, and our Stephanie Gosk joins us with details on this. This is potentially groundbreaking. We should point out, of course, this is very early. We're talking about a small number of people. But how far do you think we are away from seeing perhaps the FDA say that these drugs can be used specifically for addiction? The short answer is quite a distance. I mean, you've got a long way to go, but certainly what's happened is it has piqued people's interest. You know, we've been talking a lot about these diabetes drugs. Now researchers are looking into the possible benefits they may have on addictive behavior beyond food cravings, things like alcohol abuse, gambling, even compulsive shopping. Now, the research isn't there yet, but scientists are sounding hopeful. There's been an explosive amount of buzz around the drugs Ozempic and Wagovi. I'm super excited with the 50 pounds that I've lost. Stories of dramatic weight loss plastered all over social media. Baby, the hype is real. The medications, both containing the compound semaglutide, make people feel fuller faster. But something else interesting seems to be happening. Countless testimonials online describing side effects, positive ones that aren't related to food at all. No longer have any desire to drink alcohol, someone writes. Another says, I used to vape like a demon. Quit cold turkey. This person comments, I used to buy scratch-off and lotto tickets. I don't even think about it anymore. So technically, like my official diagnosis was morbidly obese. Jamel Corona started taking Wagovi over a year ago, losing 60 pounds since then. But that wasn't it. I would say one drink for me is equivalent to about four or five drinks. And how do you feel after having that one drink? Uh, the I feel miserable. <laughs> Corona once considered herself a social drinker. Not anymore. Something in your in your mind is saying, yep, 
I'm just going to bypass. I, 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 You have no interest in alcohol. The Atlantic now asking the question, did scientists accidentally invent an anti-addiction drug? In a statement provided to NBC News, Novo Nordisk, the manufacturer of Ozempic and Wagovi, said in part, Novo Nordisk does not promote, suggest, or encourage off-label use of our medicines. Evidence is mostly anecdotal, but there have been animal studies on the overall class of drugs. It appears to have broad um, benefit across a variety of uh, behavioral addictions as well as drug-based addictions. Neuroscientist Dr. Greg Stanwood says although the research is in its early stages, there is a growing sense drugs like Ozempic are affecting dopamine, the feel-good chemical released by the brain. The maglutide appear to blunt the effects of dopamine in the brain um, and in that way can provide relief from, from cravings. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford manages over a 1,000 patients with obesity and diabetes with this class of drugs. She says roughly 5% have described other behavioral changes. What I've mostly heard from my patients are, you know, those that have had a significant reduction in alcohol use disorder, um, impulsive buying. How big a deal would it be to have a drug that has that kind of effect on people who struggle with alcohol? Oh, I think it would be huge. Many of my patients that have obesity also have a history of alcohol use disorder. Two drugs already successfully treating obesity and diabetes, now showing they can potentially do a whole lot more. Just last week, researchers at the National Institutes of Health released a study showing that the active compound in Ozempic reduced alcohol consumption in rodents, rats and mice. But experts caution, we still don't know enough about the long-term impacts of these medications and more evidence is needed through clinical trials to make any conclusions about their effectiveness in addiction treatment. And it's so interesting because these drugs are not necessarily FDA approved or not approved for or yeah. FDA approved for addiction or even weight loss. So right. can doctors prescribe them for these other uses? Or Look, I, the, the real thing, where, where we are right now mm. is, is anecdotal yeah. when it comes to the effect on human beings. There have been these studies on animals with this class of drugs, rodents and monkeys in some cases, but we don't have the science yet. And and what's significant about this is that there have, there has been enough anecdotal evidence to prompt the science. That doctor I spoke with in the story who said she had 5% of her patients talk about it, she said she's going to start asking, actively asking uh, people about it, which could increase that 5%, she thinks. Just to play devil's advocate for a second, though, Steph, because these drugs, uh, according to your story there, they affect dopamine levels, right? Mm-hmm. But dopamine doesn't just, like, regulate bad things. Yeah, it regulates happy. good things as well. Yes. So it's the happy, it's the happy chemical. Yeah, so what would, I mean, potentially what could happen if these drugs get approved and are we we're going to have a bunch of skinny zombies walking around? Yeah. Well, it's definitely going to be a question at the top of researchers' minds and yeah. certainly for the FDA as well. Craig. That's what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Good story. All right. Thank, thank you, you Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right. Coming up, Dylan, you have a health story that hits close to home. Yeah, I certainly do. We recently learned that my son, Calvin, has celiac disease. We are going to tell you what exactly that is, some of the surprising Ooh. symptoms we noticed, and questions to ask your doctor. Then later, hats off to our friend, Jill. She learned the art of hat making from an entrepreneur who is brimming with personality. We'll be right back. That's cool. Making hats. That's cool. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed welcome back we've got a really special story for you this morning uh dylan is taking a moment to open up about something that's uh impacting your family. Yeah, I've been dealing with it for a couple of months now, so I just thought it was time to tell the story. You all know my Calvin. Um, and starting last year, my oldest son, Calvin, has been dealing with excruciating pain. We consulted several doctors. We couldn't figure it out until we finally learned Calvin has celiac disease. I'm done. We're yummy, My six-year-old son, Calvin, loves food. But we recently found out that what he was eating was hurting him. It was like a sharp pain every day, not, not a different pain, always a sharp pain. So we'd be sitting at dinner, and sometimes you'd ask to be excused. Why? Because my belly hurt, and I had to lay on the couch. And was that every night? Sometimes, yeah. So Calvin had all these symptoms that I didn't realize were related. He had the sharp pain in his stomach. He had an earache that wouldn't go away. He had the weird rash. After various consultations, we finally knew why. Once we got the blood work back that he did test positive for celiac disease, they have to go in and do an endoscopy. After they took the pictures inside his intestines, they saw all the damage was there. Um, they also saw a stomach ulcer. Which What's a stomach ulcer? A stomach ulcer was that little spot that was on the pictures inside your intestines, and that's what was causing your pain for the oh, last yeah, year. Oh yeah, that's very small. So to treat Calvin, we removed gluten from his diet and our home, scrubbing, sanitizing, and even getting rid of our kitchenware to limit any cross-contamination. Now that I don't eat gluten, I feel terrific. Do you really feel terrific? Yeah. Like 100% better? 100% better. No, 1,000% better. Even better. 1,000%. Alright, so this has been just, it's really a huge transition for everyone in my whole family. The goal for me has been to just make this as easy and smooth as possible for Calvin. I mean, at this point, he doesn't even know what I've been through to make his life so easy. Um, I've been making so many gluten-free recipes. That's us making some gluten-free uh, crusty French rolls. <laughs> it seems to have been paying off. He likes what I've been making. He feels 100% or 1,000% better, as you just saw. Um, but, the, you know, this isn't just something that my family is going through. The National Institute of Health estimates that about 2 million people in the U.S. have celiac disease. So here to talk with us more about it during Celiac Awareness Month is Dr. Roshni Raj, a gastroenterologist and associate professor of medicine at NYU Health. Good morning, Dr. Good morning. Good morning. We've been talking all morning. Thank you so much for, you know, oh, kind of pleasure. taking interest in my family here because yeah. this has been a big transition. But to be honest, before this, 
I heard of celiac. I didn't really know what it was. I see gluten-free in the aisles. I don't really know what it is. It didn't impact me. But now I see what a big deal it is. So tell us what celiac disease does to the system. Absolutely. So celiac disease is a disease where when the person eats gluten, so they ingest gluten, which is a protein in wheat, rye and barley, a lot of other foods, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about, what happens is once it reaches the small intestine, inflammation is triggered. So it's an Mm. autoimmune type of inflammation. And that inflammation damages the small intestine. So these little finger-like projections we call villi, which help us absorb nutrients, those are damaged in celiac. And that means you're not absorbing vitamins and minerals. You could be having weight loss, but a lot of GI symptoms as well. You know, we've kind of been living with this through Dylan. And I look back now, and there would be times where you would come in the morning and you'd say, Calvin just keeps having these stomach aches. And we were all like, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. So are there other symptoms that maybe if people are watching Watching this morning, she mentioned earaches. You know, he had the rash. Yeah, that's the really falling out. that's the really interesting interesting thing about celiac. It not only causes the more traditional gastro symptoms, things like bloating, diarrhea, you know, vomiting or weight mm-hmm. loss, but it can have these extra intestinal symptoms. So things like headaches, fatigue. There is a classic rash. It can cause hair loss. It can cause numbness and tingling in the hands mm-hmm. and fingers, which I think you said. Yes, uh, Calvin had some. Be of eating dinner and drop his fork. Yeah, it can cause just sort of lethargy or confusion. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things that has a lot of nonspecific symptoms. And if you have any suspicion that you might, you know, have it, it's definitely good to be tested. And it's one thing to just avoid gluten. You know, okay, right. don't eat bread, don't eat pasta, or eat the gluten-free version. Yeah. I mean, the amount of effort it took to wipe out our kitchen, I think I literally threw out half the things I own or donated yeah. half the things I own and had to replace all of that. Cross-contamination is is scary, not just in yeah. the home, but also at restaurants. And Exactly. And that's why it can be difficult, particularly if you're very, if you're someone with celiac who's very sensitive to cross-contamination because you may go to a restaurant, ask for a gluten-free dish, but if they're using the same utensils or pots mm-hmm. and pans with the with the food that contains gluten, you can just get a minute amount and still have that reaction right. and still not feel we well. We didn't realize it was that bad, and I think yeah. it's important that we're talking about it this morning because, let's be honest, a lot of people are like, oh, gluten-free, maybe that'll help me lose weight, or maybe, you know, yeah. but actually there are people who are really having challenges with it, and so yeah. when Dylan was, like, scrubbing everything, yeah. I thought, is it really that necessary? But now you see why. Yeah, yeah and I I think it's a great point, Chanel, because gluten-free has become it's a bit like of trendy. a fad. Yes. Um, and there are people who truly have celiac, like your son. There are people who are gluten-sensitive, which means when they eat gluten, they just don't feel great, mm-hmm. but they don't actually have celiac. And then there are people who are just cutting out gluten for yep. no real reason. Right. And yeah. I do want to point out, gluten in itself is not inherently bad for you if you don't have celiac and you're not gluten-sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it, there's a lot of education there because when people hear that your son's gluten-free, they might think it's just more of a fad or a yeah, trend. Yeah, with a little eye roll as and- Exactly. A real disease, which mm-hmm. not only causes symptoms, but in rare cases can have long-term complications if you don't address it and treat yeah. it. And I wanted to say it's great that you did uh, find this out because we do know that the earlier you diagnose it, especially for a child, the less likely they are to have those long-term complications. Uh, to um, that point, really quickly here for folks who are watching or, or, or listening, yeah. and e- even if you know maybe they, they don't have a child that's dealing with the, sim- the symptoms, yeah, absolutely. but maybe it's them, sure. what, what's the next step? What should they so do? So the next step is to see your doctor. Um, mm-hmm. You can get a fairly simple blood test, which will tell you most likely if you have it. If it's positive, you go on to have an endoscopy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you are actually diagnosed, it's very important to speak to a nutritionist as well. We can give you a list of the foods with silly, you know, with gluten, Mm -hmm. but it's it's a big commitment. Soy sauce. I mean, yeah, things you may not expect. Marinades, sauces, dressings. Exactly. Pops up in everything. Yeah, but it's it's a big change in your life. So doing it with the guidance of a dietitian nutrition is also important. Dr. Raj, thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, just being able to talk about it, I think, makes it like, oh, okay. 
yeah, we can get through this. Thank you as well very yes, much, Dylan. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, to learn more about celiac disease and Calvin's diagnosis, just head over to today.com slash health. We just also want to make sure this isn't going to affect cooking with cow. No, we're just going to make some adjustments. <laughs> <laughs> you can too at home. Just said we are fired up for this morning. She made it. Jill is here to tell us all about an entrepreneur keeping the art of hat making very much alive. Third hour of today, right back after this. Marveling at your hat, Jill. We are back now with a series she made it. Our friend Jill Martin Brooks has a unique story about a hat maker we met on our trip to Sonoma County in April. I'm glad you're bringing this back. I know. I'm (laughs) coming in hot with the hot hat over here. Good morning, and thanks to our sponsor, Sonoma County Tourism. I had a chance to visit the hattery. Owner Jenny Webley knows hats from fascinators to fedoras, and if you ask me, her story is pretty cap. It wouldn't matter if I didn't make a penny or never had a customer come in. I just still love every day I wake up thinking about hats. I like the turquoise on the hats, too. I know. It's a a really popular color right now. Meet Jenny Webley. She's a self-described hat lady and owner of The Hattery in Sonoma County, California. Founded in 2016, Jenny creates, repairs, and sells headwear of all kinds. I'm a hat girl. I think it expresses parts of my personality that I like people to know about. So what draws you to hats? As a child, I loved movies, especially the older movies, Hitchcock and things like that, The Third Man. And I was always drawn to the characters who had a hat on their head. What do you think it is about a hat that people love? I think it's the icing on the cake. It is the quickest way to express one's personality. As a teenager growing up in Nevada, Jenny spent time thrift shopping for hats. I had a pretty good collection of about 75 hats. I had moved to Australia, I had moved to South Africa, I had moved back here, Texas. I was all over the place and I kept taking the hats with me. She settled in California and began to develop her passion into a business. I really wanted to learn how to make them, so I started taking workshops and then an opportunity came up and I bought 6,000 hats, had them delivered (laughs) to my house and my husband said, well that's nice, but these can't stay here. So I found a shop and I opened a shop that was downtown. One of her favorite styles was the Shady Brady, uniquely distressed and made popular in films like Runaway Bride. In 2016, Jenny had the opportunity to buy the Shady Brady Hat Company. After mulling over for quite a while and really being scared, (laughs) I decided to just jump in and do it. Needing a place to hang all those hats, she soon expanded to a larger location, which she named The Hattery, where Shady Brady's are now made and sold exclusively. The Shady Brady's, they're so popular, and people contact us from all over the world. And so we send them all over the world. I know it's a journey for you to sort of build your own shop and be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and take that risk. What was that like for you? It was actually easy. And I I think that is what happens when you're passionate about something. I almost felt like I was, you know, there was like divine inspiration driving me because I was so focused on getting to where I needed to be. But I kind of waited for my kids to leave home. I didn't want to really exercise my passion until they were gone. So how many hats are in this store? Well, between the ones that have been fully finished and the ones that are unfinished, probably 30, 40,000. <laughs> That's a lot of hats. I feel like I'm a kid at an adventure park. Yeah. This is the room where we do a lot of the hat pressing These are machines that are from the turn of the century, and I'm not talking, I'm talking like 1880s. There you go, boom. (laughs) 
I got the chance to see how these fabulous hats are formed on an antique hat press. Wow. Yeah. I even got to design my own felt hat. This is really the room where the magic happens because this is where all the finishing touches go on the hats. So we have the flowers, the trims, all different colors you can get. This is the hat that we are making, right? Yes. We cut the brim, put in the sweatband, and chose the trim and lining. Today, Jenny says she has sold about 10,000 hats and she's just getting started. What advice would you give for people who are sitting at home and they say they have their version of the hat? I would say follow it. Don't be afraid, push away the fear and follow your dream because you've only got one life to live. Totally. Amen to that. And Jenny is now finishing her undergraduate degree also in religious studies. She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. And here's the hat I designed with her, so I just want to show it off as we go to break. I picked my own lining. They put Jill Martin in there. This is so cool. And you wear it really well. And the price point to me, it's around $150. Yeah, all the hats. She has all different price points, so you could really... Oh, I put it on back. But a personalized hat? I know. And my my grandpa Jack made hats, so he's looking down and smiling at me. I love Um, that. Yeah, everybody. There you That's go. Great. Everybody, the Hattery, Jill. Sonoma County. Thank you. Jill, thank you. Hats off to you. <laughs> Were you Al Roker, you're proud. Coming up. I actually just stole it from you. Uh, when we come <laughs> back, it's, it really is a legacy unlike any other. Bruce Lee's only daughter opening up about her father in a whole new way when the third hour of today comes hat back. <laughs> This morning, we're celebrating AAPI Heritage Month with a new look at the legacy of Hollywood icon Bruce Lee through the eyes of his daughter. Kaylee Hartung sat down with her out in Los Angeles. Good to see you. Good morning. Great to see you guys. Thanks for having me here. For Shannon Lee, carrying on her father's legacy is a real labor of love. The Bruce Lee Foundation celebrates his life and teachings, and Shannon shared with us some really unique insights about his career and his impact. On screen and in person, Bruce Lee was larger than life, lightning fast, and full of charisma. His unique martial artistry made him a legend in Hollywood. From TV series like The Green Hornet, to iconic films like Enter the Dragon and Fist of Fury. You know, he made such a huge impact in the world. There's nowhere I can go where people don't know who he is. Shannon Lee was just four years old when her father passed away but she's made it her life's work to continue his legacy. How have you come to understand how he was able to have such a significant impact on this world? He took the things that were different about him and he turned them into his superpower. Born in the US and raised in Hong Kong, Bruce Lee trained as an actor and martial artist. At 18, he moved to Seattle to follow his dream of opening Chinese Kung Fu schools until Hollywood came calling and cast him as Cato in The Green Hornet. How do you describe the challenges he faced when he first came to Hollywood? After having success as a younger actor. It was very challenging because there were not Chinese leading men in Hollywood and many of the roles were very stereotyped and he refused to take roles that he felt were not doing justice to his culture and it was very hard for him to break in. Bruce persevered and found fame. He died in 1973 at age 32 from brain edema, just months before the release of Enter the Dragon, widely regarded as one of the greatest martial arts films of all time. For Shannon, there would still be more loss when her older brother, actor Brandon Lee, was killed by a prop gun during the 1993 filming of The Crow. I was 24 
And that was a very, very difficult time in my life. And it put me into a very dark place for many years. And it was actually my father's words that started to save me. She says it's important to remember that her father was equal parts fighter and philosopher. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. Be water, my friend. How often do your dad's practices and his philosophies help guide you through a life without him? I like to say that he's been able to continue to parent me, even now, because he left behind these teachings, these writings, these words that I've been able to apply to my life. Shannon published his teachings in her book, Be Water, My Friend. And Bruce's work is still going strong. Shannon executive produces the Warrior TV series based on his original concept. How have you seen Asian representation change in Hollywood? I think right now we're having a bit of a renaissance, which is long overdue, you know, but I'm very grateful that it's starting to happen. And of course, we have a ways to go. 50 years after his death, why do you think his lessons still resonate so deeply with so many people? They carry the energy of what it is to be a human being. They have their roots in Taoism and, you know, other types of Eastern and Western philosophy that is just about the soul and about, you know, the human condition, working with our fears, our blocks, so that we can get past those, so that we can thrive as a human being. And I just think that goes on forever. It does. The Bruce Lee Foundation also sponsors camps for kids, exhibitions, family initiatives, and Shannon and Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, they have also been working together since last year's Asian hate crimes in Atlanta, reminding us of Bruce's message of peace and unity. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That was a great interview. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Glad to. Good. All right, coming up, it is the Women's Health Sneaker Awards. Their picks for every activity, including go-to-gym sneakers, walking sneakers, all the things. We'll be right back. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators. Now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We are back now with a treat for your feet. Women's Health tested some of the best sneakers and came up with a list of their top picks. So here to literally walk us through some of the magazine's winners, Women's Health Editor-in-Chief Liz Plosser 
is here with Hi, us Liz. this morning. Good morning. Good morning. So good to be here. Yeah. Yes, we've been testing sneakers all year. So and what are you looking for in a sneaker? We are looking for the fit. We are making sure they're high quality and we want them to be cute. Okay. Right. These are certainly cute. These New Balances we're seeing everywhere. Yes, these are check, check, check on that list. These are the New Balance 327s. They are perfect for running around town for errands. I would totally wear these to work, put okay. them with a cute dress. Mm-hmm. They come in both men's and women's styles and even in kiddo styles. Really? Yeah. And that's a nice Super price cute. point, too. Yeah. They, yeah, they are definitely affordable. Okay. Okay. So this next one is... platform is... one? Wait, are we going to walk? <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Oh, we're going to move. Here we go. This is fun. All right. These are more of like a platform, sh- platform shoe, but you can walk well in them. Yeah. So you've heard of Dr. Scholl's, perhaps? Mm-hmm. These are Dr. Scholl's footwear. They are so oh. comfortable. No One of our way. staffers was training for a half marathon experienced foot pain. These were the shoes that she lived in all day. She never felt soreness on the bottoms of her feet. Ooh. But yeah, the, the platform gives you just a little extra height. Mm-hmm. Super cute. Which we can really uh, Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> really you think about adorable. a trusted brand when you I think about that. shoes. Exactly. You think about Dr. Schultz. Yes. Yes. Let's talk right. about cross-training for a moment because I think a lot of us, we do different things and we're hoping we can find a sneaker that can work for at least several, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're training for a marathon. So. I know, I know. We've so been, cross-training is so important. It. You want to take a little break from running when you're training for a race. Yeah. Great shoe to do that. We have the Under Armour uh, Slip Speed. How cute are these? These are This is a laceless tie system, so you're actually going to be clicking it into place so that it fits tight against your foot. Yes. But I have to show you my favorite part. Okay. Okay. Check this out, Dylan. Check this out. Collapsible (gasps) heel. Oh, you just slide in? Yes, you can just slide in. So I'm actually taking a flight later today. I dream of wearing these through airport security. Like how easy to get in and out of your shoes. My husband refuses to actually untie shoes to put them on. So this is So that's perfect. And then it just pops back up once you put it on. And they're great shoes too. Excellent for cross training. Let's talk about these sneakers. They're made by women, right? Full disclosure here. I actually run in Hoka's. It's become Are we going Hoka? Okay, let's. No, wait, where are we another Just a second. I thought we missed one. First, we've got the Rika. So these are actually developed for women. And I have to say, so many women, my mother-in-law, I'm going to shout her out, She's obsessed with the Rika. Hmm. Yep. The um, the shoes designed with a woman's anatomy in mind. Great for Zumba class, jazzercising, yeah. okay. lunging, all the activities at the gym. A right. Super cute, too, and they're only $70. One wow. minute, okay. two sneakers left. Let's talk Hoka. Okay, let's go Hoka. I've been talking these up backstage. The Hoka Mach 5. This is the one that every single staffer at Women's Health could not get enough of. Really? Wow. Great running shoe. I've been running in them. I get compliments on them. If I post them to social media. Everyone DMs me, wants to know what they are, What's and I'm so happy great. to share. They're so I comfortable. Mean, they're, Do you wear them? I, I wear them when I run. What yes. I love about them, I can't, this is just for me, the heel support, or the yeah. arch support, rather. It's I love awesome heel support, and I was just saying, I think the cushioning is just right. Yeah. I'm a person that doesn't want too much or too little, mm-hmm. and this is like just, just right. It's like the Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Exactly. And this is for beginners? Yeah, so this is the strength training category. This is the Nike Metcon 8. Excellent for beginners to strength training. And I wish everybody was strength, tank, strength train and pick up weights. So good for our bodies. This is the way to do it. You want your foot to be flatter to the floor oh. to give you more stability when you're pressing through your lunges, your squats, your deadlifts. They're very lightweight. They give you stability. And you're going to feel your feet gripping mm-hmm. the floor. Liz, thank you. All right. This, this is great. So, um, I love this. Thank segment. you so Every much. Every year I learn something. Well, be sure to check out Women's Health's full list. Um, it's out now. And for more on these particular shoes, head to today.com shop. Up next, we're going to share not one but two amazing Korean dishes that you can make right at home, including a short rib skewer. Ooh. Third hour of today. Right back after this.
celebrating AAPI Heritage Month with two Korean dishes that you will want to make at home. We are so lucky this morning. We have David Shim. He's the executive chef of Coach, the Michelin star Korean steakhouse with locations in New York City and Miami. So clearly his place is the place to be. Good morning. Good morning. So happy you're here this morning. Okay, so you are sharing um, these signature dishes. You say they remind you of home. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so the flavor of this recipe is something that I grew up eating while I was growing up in Korea. Okay. I think every time I walked into a restaurant, the burnt smell of this marinade really brings Mm. back a lot of memories. Mm, I can't wait to hear how it's made. Okay, so let's dive into these skewers here, starting with the sauce first. So we're going to start with the marinade. Super simple. Pears? Pears. So these are Asian pears or Korean pears. Which I love, yep. And I think they're very sweet and juicy. Okay. Definitely breaks down the protein of the short ribs or anything that you make. Okay. And it helps it go tender. Okay. And it brings a lot of sweetness. Are they tender, guys? Oh, my God. Yeah, I told them, you know, it's a good sign when they start eating before the segment starts. I can't stop. Right, so how do you do it? Let's do it. So simple. Put everything into the blender. Okay. And then we're going to mix everything in. Okay. What's in there right now? So onions. Asian pears. Asian okay. pears. Yep, yep, yep. What was in there already? Soy sauce. Oh, soy sauce. Okay. We have garlic, ginger. Okay. Yeah. And orange juice, orange juice for sweet and acidity. Okay. And some mirin. Okay. Wait, what was that last thing? Mirin. Sure. <laughs> and you can find it at your local uh, grocery store. <laughs> okay, then and what? And we're going to blend everything. Blend, 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 blend. It's going to end up something like this. We're going right. to strain it because there's a lot of pulp. Okay. We're going to pour it over the short ribs. Okay. And we're going to leave it overnight mm. so that all the marinade gets absorbed by the steak. How, how long do you let it marinate? Six to eight hours minimum, but I I normally do it overnight. Okay. And then once it's ready, you're going to see the color of the beef has changed a little bit because of the marinade. Okay. And then we we would skewer them. Okay. And key thing with the skewers is soak them overnight. Okay. Because otherwise it'll burn with the heat from the grill. Ah, okay. And also the rice cakes. I was just about to ask you the rice rice cakes like this. I can't make it at this restaurant, but you can buy it at the stores. Really? Yes. You just buy yes. it? Buy it at the stores, okay. and it comes either in the fro- uh, frozen section or the, uh, the refrigerator section. I feel like I should section. explain to people. You have the skewers, and then you have these rice cakes that are in the middle. Okay. And for the rice cakes, uh, out of the bag, they're a little hard. so you Like regular them. old rice cakes or yeah. something special? Rice cakes, that's really? it. Really? Okay. You blanch them for about 20 seconds, so it's pliable to skewer with your short oh ribs. Okay. You, can you get those at a regular grocery or do you have to go to an Asian food specialty store? Um, especially in New York, I think All you can right, find them a lot in regular grocery stores. So we stores. put those on the yep. grill. I don't want to run out of time. So make sure your grill is hot Okay. so that we get some sizzling, crackling going on. All right. Are you using beef fat? I was just about to this say. This is beef fat from the restaurant, but you can use nonstick sprays or, wow. or olive oil. I think the beef fat probably makes it yummier. And, and then just let it go. Okay, we have time. like a minute left. Okay, so let's go. squeeze it in. Okay. And just... The side dishes. Look at the side dish. I want people to see the finished product here. Okay, talk about the side dish. We're going to call it, it's called banchan. Okay. If you want to say it with me, banchan. Banchan. Oh, banchan is good. It literally uh, means (laughs) accompaniment to a meal. And it's a very simple Mm. recipe. Rice wine vinegar, which you can use any types of vinegar, whether it be white, apple cider, salt, sugar, and water. Four Mm. four ingredients. Okay. We're going to bring it to a boil, make sure the sugar is all melted. Okay. And then once it comes to a boil, we're going to pour it over the cucumbers. Mm. Oh, this is delicious. That's right? That's That's it. it. And you're going to let it cool over just on your countertop. Don't refrigerate it right away. Mm. But you can use, you can also use anything that you find at your local farmer's market. And there's turmeric in this recipe, Mm. which you can omit for different spices. How long would it take to pickle? Like two to three hours. You let it sit. Quick. David? 
phenomenal. Will you come back? Of this course. This is really good. This, this is heavenly. This is, he just said this was this heavenly. This is so delicious. Perfect so if you want this memorial, heavenly recipe, just head to today.com slash food. And we will be right back. Mm. Why, can't you, why can't you make the rescue? Shoot. I just put more in my mouth. All right, I'll take it. Tomorrow on the third hour of today, we are celebrating National Wine Day Ooh. with the best picks for the summer. That chef is legit. That's <laughs> so good. Seriously. You're just like, all right. Hoda and Jenna's up next. Have a great Have day, everybody. Bye. We'll see you tomorrow.